Welcome to The Big Unlock, where we discuss data, analytics, and emerging technologies in healthcare. Here's some of the most innovative thinkers in healthcare information technology talk about the digital transformation of healthcare and how they are driving change in their organizations. This is Patty, and welcome back to our podcast. Uh, it is my privilege and my honor to have as our special guest today, Dr. Alba Chan, uh, Chief Digital Officer of uh, Sutter Health. Dr. Chan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be with you today. Very good, very good. So, Dr. Chan, uh, before we get started, uh, for the benefit of some of our listeners who may not know who Sutter Health is, do you want to just take 30 seconds to provide a quick uh, introduction to Sutter Health? Uh, sure. Uh, Sutter Health is a large integrated delivery network in Northern California. Uh, we have uh, 24 hospitals, several hundred clinics, and uh, we have a great team of 12,000 physicians and over 55,000 employees who work together to care for uh, almost 3 million patients uh, on an annual basis. And you have a special relationship with Sutter Health, right? You and your children. Uh, do you want to just briefly touch on that? Sure. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I firmly believe in Sutter Health and want to see it do well, and mostly because Sutter Health is responsible for taking care of my entire family. Uh, in fact, I like to say I was born to work at Sutter Health because, indeed, I was born at Sutter Health in 1972, and uh, and to, to this day, our our family receives care at Sutter. Um, so, you know, there's nothing like really being invested in the health system to make sure we innovate and make the care available to our patients, including my family, the best that it can be. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, Dr. Chen, uh, you. You are the chief digital officer of. Uh, can you tell us what does digital mean to you and to Sutter Health? What does the role mean? What What is your mandate? So my mandate is really the intersection of two domains: uh, the intersection of digital health and how it can improve the lives of our patients, to if office of patient experience. So. Combining digital health with patient experience to try to improve outcomes for our patients is the mandate that I have uh, from the organization, and I take that responsibility very seriously and look for opportunities for us to, to think digitally, to think about new ways to reduce friction for our patients. That, that's the probably the most important thing we can do so that we improve access to care. So is it fair to say that the primary focus of uh, the digital transformation a program at uh, Sutter Health is really about enhancing and improving the patient experience? Absolutely. Uh, it's not digital just for digital sake, if you will. It's, it's really looking for opportunities to enhance the experience for our patients, and that happens to take advantage of digital transformation and the opportunities that the technology can play improving the lives of our patients. So that's that's our primary focus. And the projects right. we take on really are centered around that. Yeah. Right, right. And we've met uh, and, and talked about some of the work that uh, you're doing and some of the early successes that you've had. Do you want to share uh, a few vignettes of 
some of the things that uh, you've done uh, that have made a tangible impact uh, to your patient experience and also to the uh, to, to the health system. Can you talk a little bit about some of your successes, your wins, if you will? Uh, thank you for your kind words. Um, we can start off by, uh, you know, Center has made a tremendous commitment to innovation and digital transformation over many years. Uh, in fact, we're, I believe, the first in the country to actually launch MyChart uh, for our patients. Our, our, our first patient on MyChart, our patient portal, uh, we actually call it My Health Online. Uh, our first patient was launched in January 2001. So we, we've been long proponents of empowering our patients with digital technology. And, and I, I venture to say we were one of the first in the country to empower patients with their own health information to make a better informed patient. Right. And for, for the benefit of listeners who may not know, my chart is an epic uh, feature and functionality that's primarily to do with uh, managing patient interactions. Uh, is that correct? That, that is correct. Uh, what I like to say is it's really an extension of the care experience. You know, I'm a firm believer in shared decision-making. That is to say, the doctors and the patients partner together to improve the health of patients and families. And technologies like MyChart really help with that. Um, you can imagine the patient being much more empowered, having access to their own records, their own data, uh, their laboratory results, and how that enriches the experience and the conversations you can have between doctor and patient. Right. Now, you touched upon the doctor and the interaction between the doctor and the patient. And and lately, there's been a lot of uh, discussion around the burden on caregivers, doctors in particular, uh, partly due to work overload. Uh, some people say it's uh, fatigue from a lot of the uh, electronic health record systems and the and the the work that they need to do on top of caring for patients in order to meet compliance needs or just documentation needs or whatever. So. How do you how do you address that? Is you know either in your role or as Sutter Health, how do you really look after caregivers as well in order to enable a better patient experience? Ultimately, it's going to translate in some way to the patient experience. Correct? Yes. Uh, so I'm a firm believer in the quadruple aim, which is you know as defined by the IHI and others, really an initiative to say how can we improve patient care and taking into account the interests of the, the physicians or the providers. Because to me, it is truly in that intersection, that partnership, where we can achieve the beneficial outcomes we want for our families. Um, you know, ignoring one part of the of the ecosystem is a problem. And we, you know, we are firmly committed to taking care of both of our patients and our providers to, to, to just create a better health care system for all of us. Um, uh, you know, I, I will say this. There, there has always been administrative tasks and duties uh, in medicine, for sure. And electronic health records and other tools like them enable us to do many more things that we couldn't otherwise do. For example, historically, if you order a laboratory test for a patient and you gave them a lab requisition, it was on a piece of paper. So if they didn't fulfill that requisition, that that's, that was the end of the story, right? Um, but now... With the power of the electronic health record, you can track these things. You can get reminded about these things, but that obviously creates new workflows, new 
things for us to account for as we take care of patients. And I think that's some of the source of some of the frustration. Namely, have we optimized the workflows that can achieve those benefits, but also taking into account the needs of our providers who are providing those, that, that care for patients? Yeah, I think that I think that is well said. Uh, uh, and people tend to forget that you know there was always a documentation uh, aspect of a caregiver's job. It just, it's just that it used to be on paper. Now it's become electronic, and possibly some parts of it have become or feel a little bit more burdensome than than was expected. But uh, it was always a part of the job. Is is really what you're saying, right? You know, to document it. Absolutely. Yeah, and actually, I'd like to point to some work that my friend uh, Chris and colleague Chris Longhurst has just and Lance Downey have just published in the Annals of Internal Medicine that talk about, in fact, a comparison of note, if you will, the chart documentation length in other countries versus ourselves, and th there's a stark difference there. So it's easy to say that it's because of the electronic health record that folks are having symptoms of burnout or other uh, other things. I think that there's there's much more nuance to this issue, and really, uh, we have to think more broadly about how we can solve this challenge for our, our docs and our, and our other clinicians. Um, right, and and you're you're a physician yourself, so uh, does that help you in some ways to be, to to have let's say more empathy and appreciation for the role of a caregiver in this whole care continuum, especially as it relates to you know, really understanding the workflows and uh, and then optimizing all of that while at the same time using the technology for the benefit of improving the patient experience. Talk to us a little bit about how you bring, you, you know, the sensibilities that you have gained through your training as a physician to your job. Well, you know, it's not just empathy. I'm actually a practicing clinician, so uh, I do that because I love the practice of medicine. And also keeps me grounded in some of the challenges my colleagues face when, you know, navigating this thing we call healthcare. Um, you know, I acutely feel the the opportunities to take care of patients in these new digital ways, and yet understand that there are lots of workflow implications, lots of things we need to take into account as we deliver these technologies for both patients and, and providers. Uh, our own research, for example, uh, that appeared in Health Affairs talked about our efforts to try to understand this challenge. Uh, we, we noted in, in our in our publication that for every 3.08 hours spent face-to-face -face with patients, uh, our providers were spending 3.17 hours on what we call desktop medicine. And let me just be clear about this. Uh, it's not just an administrative task. Desktop medicine includes things that are really care opportunities, uh, e answering emails from patients, uh, reviewing lab results of patients, uh, answering uh, refill requests, so forth. So those are all clinical care opportunities and clinical care transactions uh, that need to be accounted for in the digital age. Uh, but that does obviously present some workflow challenges that we need to address. Um, that That is the new work, if you will, that is made possible by digital technology, and we have to account for that and figure out the best ways to optimize for that. Um, in our own institution at Sutter Health, we've made it tremendous uh, commitment to our providers. Uh, for example, uh, many of your readers may know about the Meaningful Use Program uh, that incentivized care practices to launch electronic health records. Uh, we, uh, as part of that program, we realized the incentives that many other health systems did, but we pledged to take those uh, incentives 
and actually apply them back to optimization programs for physicians. Uh, that, that was key. To, in other words, if you you go to medical school, you uh, learn to use a stethoscope. You learn to, to diagnose things for patients. Um, in this day and age, one of the things that you need to be really skillful at is actually how to use electronic health, health record appropriately. And so we really pledged and, and uh, invested in programs to teach our clinicians how to use these tools effectively. Right. And, and so that it's a nice segue into what I was also going to explore with you, which is the role of emerging technology, especially in the context of digital transformation. So we all know that we spent the better part, the better part of the last decade putting in the electronic health record systems and digitizing medical records. But that's just the foundation. Now we are trying to build engaging experiences. And, and in your role as chief digital officer, that's a big part of what you're trying to accomplish. So what are some of the emerging technologies that you're seeing, uh, uh, and how how are you how are you working with them to complement and build on top of the foundation that you already have, which is your uh, electronic health record system? Where do you see some of the big opportunities, especially as it relates to technology-enabled, uh, you know, enhancement of the patient experience? Uh, so that's a great question. I'd like to just step back for one second and talk about electronic health records. They're very powerful tools. For example, if we want to take care of a population of people and, for example, say this population of patients needs reminders about health care maintenance or, you know, in other words, preventive disease reminders or chronic disease markers that we should be tracking, that is really truly made possible by electronic health records. Um, now, to achieve those benefits, we need to take advantage of other digital empowerment tools that can help uh, manage the workflow, the new workflows, the new uh, workload that comes from that platform. And to, in other words, if we provide the tools to truly take advantage of the technology, that's that's paramount to me. And we really at Center Health have explored how we can do that to empower our physicians, for example, to be able to leverage the data that is in the EHR. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, there, there is a a risk of turning doctors into typists. That is one of the risks. We, as you said earlier, Patty, we, we've always had this documentation need, but there is the opportunity in the electronic health record to say, let's make the doctor a typist. Well, one of the things we've done is leverage emerging technologies, namely Google Glass, to try to empower our physicians and other clinicians to uh, not have to be burdened with uh, chart documentation. That is to say, if we can provide uh, virtual assistants to to take on that task. They can focus on engaging with the patients. Uh, in, in our in our experience, we have over a hundred doctors now in the service, and we've had this experience where connecting a doctor to a virtual scribe uh, overseas um, enables the doctor to focus more on the patient, to maintain eye contact with the patient, um, and take their hands off the keyboard, if you will. And in that in that moment where you're connecting with the doctor and the patient you can really have those magical moments where you can take care of people, connect with people, the way we all wanted to do is when we went into medical school. That is a great example. I think Google Glass is, of course, a great example. Are you, uh, I'm just curious, are you using uh, voice-enabled digital assistants? Uh, uh, I'm not necessarily talking about uh, you know, an overseas scribe, but uh, are you using voice in any other way? Uh, are you exploring any of that uh, in, in order to reduce the burden on caregivers, whether it's doctors or nurses or whoever? 
Well, one of the areas that I think I would like to highlight, back to your point about patient experience, is really empowering the patients. So one of the things we're doing with voice assistance is actually trying to, to take the navigation out of health systems and try to improve that experience. So we've actually used uh, the Amazon Alexa platform uh, uh, and Facebook Messenger and soon to be releasing a Google Home um, functionality that allows patients to navigate our health system. That is to say, we know that today what we ask people to do is either dial on the phone or try to navigate a website. What if you had an intelligent assistant help you navigate your choices for care? What if the assistant could say, uh, for example, find me the nearest urgent care? Now, today you could Google search that, MapQuest it, et cetera. But what if the digital assistant could say, hey, the nearest urgent care to Patty is 123 Main Street, and the wait time is two hours? Oh, but by the way, Patty, because we're empowered by a digital assistant, the digital assistant could say, hey, uh, I noticed there's another urgent care 15 minutes away where the wait time is only half an hour. Uh, would you like to choose that one instead? Th- that to me is sort of the, some practical, implica- uh, practical implementation of AI that's very achievable today. And those are some of the tools we're releasing for our patients today. That's fantastic. Dr. Chan, I think you, you, you touched upon the other, the next topic that I was going to talk to you about, which is the use of AI. You, you, you kind of led into that. So the use of all these uh, new technologies, you know, voice-enabled assistance uh, and so on, supported by AI tools and eventually integrating in a seamless way with your system of record, which is your electronic health record system, that is kind of your holy grail, right? I mean, you can create, you know, multiple experiences that kind of replicate the same formula, but in different scenarios. And as you, you know, as as these technologies get more and more accepted, then you get more and more adoption, and you're able to move the needle in terms of not just enhancing the patient experience, but also reducing the the burden on clinicians and caregivers, and enabling them to spend more time. So it's a, you know, it's a double benefit. Uh, so that's you agree with that? Is that, is that you know, is, does it resonate with you in terms of the, the, how the future looks? Uh, absolutely. So I'm a big fan of the movie Top Gun. And Top Gun, there was, you, know, you, you had a wingman, right? So you can imagine our vision of this is you have a digital wingman. that helps you anticipate your needs, helps you uh, reduce friction to navigate the things that you need to navigate. Uh, well, that's what we're hoping to build, uh, both for providers and patients. And that's sort of our overarching vision for some of the initiatives we take on. Because after all, everyone needs a wingman, and it's nice to have support of your health system to do that. Digital wingman. I have not heard that one before. So that is just, oh, that that is going to stick with me. I love that. Well, Thank you. Well, there's a, there's a debate in our health system. If I'm Maverick or Bruce, I'm not sure yet, just yet but uh, we, we do like the digital wingman concept. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. So... A couple of other, uh, you know, questions around out this this conversation. I, I know we can we can talk about this for hours, and uh, this has just been absolutely uh, fantastic and, and really eye opening in terms of how you're approaching uh, your role and digital transformation in general. So, you know, let's talk a little bit at a broader uh, level. You know, what do you see other health systems focusing on? Uh, is everyone pretty much focusing on this patient interface? and trying to enhance, is that kind of like the top priority for everyone? What are some of the other things uh, that other, you know, your peers across the industry are working on? Where, where do you 
where do you see the the big focus? Well, I think all of us are really trying to figure out how to, you know, how, you know what to digitize, what to enable. Um, and I think we all share a common vision, right? All of us want uh, to deliver healthcare more affordably in a much more personalized, um, uh, friendly, efficient fashion. I think that's true for all of us, you know, whether it's my health system or others. I think the the the, the range of solutions that we approach uh, range from from very simple things that really touch patients each and every day. So, for example, we have really made a big focus of uh, in allowing patients to be able to schedule their own appointments online. That's been a huge area of focus because we believe that helps. It's a win-win for both parties. It engages the patients, allows them to really honor their time and allow them to select the, the times that make sense for them. Uh, and obviously, uh, also, the opportunity for us to have cost efficiency uh, for having patients uh, take care of that for us instead of using call center staff. And if we can do that effectively, if we can figure out ways to do that uh, in an efficient manner, then we can leverage those resources to answer other clinical needs, other nursing needs, or other physician needs, for example. Um, so that from that one end of the spectrum, uh, engaging patients that way, uh, up to the, I think, you know, the holy grail, as you sort of mentioned that concept, I think there are lots of opportunities for predictive analytics. Imagine being able to predict the health of a population and identify early on what are some of the impact factors that you can affect as a health system um, to avoid disease. That, that, to me, that's the, from that, in that continuum, we have tremendous opportunity to change uh, the outcomes of our patients. If we really address both fronts, um, both the transactional needs of our patients up to the really truly transformative things that we could do uh, to improve the health of the country. That's that's awesome. Well, uh, Dr. Chen, you know we 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 you know we can't not talk about some of the challenges that you may face in in trying to navigate through this transformation. So, what have been some of the what have been some of the big challenges in your view as you as as you implement these programs? Uh, what are the top two or three that you that you consider as the challenges to be overcome for anyone in your kind of a role? Well, I think with any type of change, digital or not, uh, change management is key. Uh, we have to be sensitive to the needs of folks who are in the trenches taking care of our patients, understand their workflow needs. And so change management and being sensitive to those needs is truly, truly paramount for us to achieve long-lasting benefits from digital transformation. So it is not as simple as just turning on a switch. It's really understanding workflow needs, understanding cultural needs, uh, you know, understanding the resources that are required to really affect change uh, that will really lead to lasting change for our, for our health systems. And I, I think that's each and every day, that's something I think about as we launch new initiatives or really try to optimize existing ones. Uh, I, I can't under, you know, I can't emphasize enough the need for, uh, for that. Um, I also say uh, also cultural and governmental and other norms that exist today uh, We'll have to morph, have to change as technology improves. Technology empowers us to do new things. Our our legislation and our cultural norms will have to change and adapt to to be able to understand that to, to realize that benefit. Because I I think it is that intersection between both tech and cultural understanding that really you get that benefit. But if you don't take care of both sides of that equation, then you won't really achieve the benefits you hope to achieve. Right. Right. That's well said. 
Well, as a as a as a final thought, uh, you know, what is the one what is the one kind of learning or uh, recommendation or advice that you would give to your peers in the industry who are in similar roles? And uh, what is the one uh, thought you would have for technology partners who are, uh, as you as you pointed out, you know, an important part of enabling you to to navigate through the digital transformation for Southern Health? What would be your one thought for each of these uh, stakeholder groups? Uh, so I, I think the most important skill that I have is the ability to listen. Um, just like when we're caring for patients, it's almost always in the history of the patient that the patient tells you as you you have the office visit encounter or the encounter in the hospital. History and listening to the patient is everything. Similar to that, we listen to all of our stakeholders and really take the time to engage all of our stakeholders um, and listen. Listen to what they tell you because the answer lies within what they say. Um, as they say in the in the, the musical Hamilton, you know. Uh, so say say less, listen more. I think is the phrase. Um, that's 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 to me the key. If you can really listen and and more importantly, hear. So it's not just listening for listening's sake, but to actually hear what people say. The answer is there. And we, if we can work together in partnership, that's usually where we get the benefit. Um, so that that'd be my advice to anyone who's trying to take on this, these sorts of changes. It's really focusing on learning how to listen and hear. Well, that's great. You know, unfortunately, I have not had a chance to see Hamilton, uh, but it is on my wish list, and uh, I hope to make make that happen soon. But it's it's been wonderful talking to you, Dr. Chen, and uh, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your insights, and all the very best with your uh, with your role and with the digital transformation. We'll be in touch. Thank you, Patty. Thanks for the invitation today. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Subscribe to our podcast series at www.thebigunlock.com and write to us at info at thebigunlock.com.